Welcome to the Just Go Grind podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, Director of Marketing at Vitalize Venture Capital. On today's episode, we have Samir Rahman, CEO and co-founder of Heyday, a company that empowers your best thinking. Work in the background as an assistant for your memory, automatically saving all your content for you and resurfacing it when you need it. This is a really cool product that they've built test this out a little bit and really love it for all sorts of things in terms of research and especially for podcast guests and all the things I come across. Let's get to it. Samir, welcome to the show. Thanks, Justin. How's it going? It's going well. I'm excited to talk about Heyday. I've been playing with this a little bit in this like free trial you give to people and it's very interesting. Just can you explain what Heyday is for people who aren't familiar though, Samir? Heyday is basically a an assistant that tries to like capture everything that you're doing and then tries to bring that back to you at the right moments. Like our goal is to be like an artificial assistant uh, for your memory and kind of for the folks who don't love to do all the organizing, we try to do it predictively and bring it to you at the times that we think it'll be most useful. It's definitely a fascinating product. And one of the things on the website, it says it's like, close all your tabs. Like, no, seriously. And you're just, <laughs> yeah. you're just like, yeah, because everyone has like, I have like tabs of tabs right now. I probably have like a hundred tabs. So like, yeah, I understand 100%. the product. There's obviously a clear need for this. Take me through the inception, like the beginning of this. Why start this company in the first place, Samir? Oh, wow. Uh, so <laughs> uh, this is currently, Heyday is currently in a pivot from a previous company, Sam, my co-founder and I worked on called Journal. Um, and so both of us had started on Journal like three, like four years, four plus years ago. Um, and my background is in machine learning. I've been a head of machine learning at, at a company called Mattermark, where we applied some like novel mach- machine learning to search problems. And then we were like excited about trying to apply that kind of technology to people's own information. Like everyone's got like stuff all over the place in Google Docs and Gmail and Slack and all that stuff. So like, could we like make some a unique search experience for everyone across all the stuff, all the places that they have all their things in. And so that was like, kind of like the beginnings of journal Um, journal became more and more undifferentiated, like notion, I I would say like notion, but worse in many ways. Um, And so we shut it down like early last year, you know, we uh, were like, well, what do we want to do? We still, we, we love working with each other. Uh, And really we were like, I think we're onto something. We've had tens of thousands of people like try journal, but not like we weren't actually delivering on the promise or like the needs that they were looking for. And what they were really looking for was, Hey, like I've tried, like I have friends who like love their notion set up their Rome set up. And like, they were like, they spend like hours on a weekend watching videos, like perfecting their setup to like organize their information, but I don't want to do that. And so like we were, there's like a huge amount of people who were looking for something like that, but journal really wasn't solving their problem enough for them to stick around. Um, and we were like, okay, well, what if we went back to the drawing board on the, on a, on a similar problem, but just start from the, the concept of we're going to be way more automated. We're going to try to fit in with your workflow rather than trying to have you like learn a new app or a new place to like get set up. And, uh, and we're going to take it from there. And so that's kind of like how Heyday started and, you can kind of see you know, why we're so like extension heavy. Okay. There's something I want to impact there though, because we can't just like gloss over that. So even with journal, a yeah. lot of founders, it's like, at what point do you shut down? At what point do you pivot? When do you change? Just take me through at the time you shut down journal conversations with you and Sam, what you were talking about, where the company was at, where you're like, all right, we, 
we have to shut it down because it's not an easy decision to like stop something. Just take me through what you were seeing at least at that time. Yeah, I mean, uh, so we'd had we'd gotten to this point where we were like st- we were figuring out like ways to bring in lots of new users, and we were getting like at some, at one point like tens of thousands of monthly active users. Um, we'd even like raised uh, a bridge round between our seed and ho- we were hoping our series A. And like at, at one point we just realized that actually it's just like these, all these users are eventually churning off and like, yeah. they're not sticking around. We ourselves were just like not as excited about where the product evolved to because it had become more and more <laughs> like all the other productivity tools. And yeah. so like, it was both like a mix of, Honestly, it was probably too late. Uh, like, you know, uh, we probably, if we were being less stubborn or like want, didn't want to like, um, I don't know, make it work, uh, we, we probably could have paid attention to the signs even earlier than we did. Uh, but the signs were basically like the engagement wasn't catching. Um, and it was a freemium tool. One of the things that we did with Heyday from the get-go was it's a paid-only tool with a free trial. Uh, whereas like Journal was like a freemium tool where we have like, Tons of people try to use it in a free basis, but then like very few of them convert it into paying users. With that decision too, so everyone's going to go through that, that same type of thing around pricing, right. business model, et cetera. Did, so you knew from the beginning, you're like, okay, heyday, it's going to be paid. We're going to have a free trial. That was clear. Did you know right away with this idea what the product had to be? Like, I'm just curious about the, the progression of that over time, but starting with the beginning of it, like, did you know kind of what you already had to build? No, uh, I mean, we knew that people wanted help with the feeling of lostness while they're like going about their day sometimes with like, they're doing research, like, sometimes they feel like, yeah, I read about this, I can't find that thing. Or like, uh, like, what else could be useful for me from my past work? uh in this instance and like the people who do that really well have like this system where they're tagging everything and everything's getting saved away and they can just like go look it up but most people don't want to put in the like the upfront effort and so like we wanted to help those people now how that would work we also like i said I, we had like a strong philosophy around it had to fit in with your existing workflow where you wouldn't have to like change your behavior too much to get most of the value from the get-go like how do we extend people's existing work uh, so that part was pretty much, uh, figured out from the beginning, but like the rest of it is a lot of like, um, well, we could borrow a lot of the ideas that we had from journal around search and like, we're really good at that. How do we, instead of starting from complete scratch, like what can we use that did work from there? So it's a, it's a mix of many things. And then the other big thing was we wanted to, like the, having it be a paid product gives us like. A hard proxy for actually understanding if we're delivering <laughs> value or not, right? Yeah. You know, once you start seeing that actually work, having a decent conversion rate in your trials to paid, then you're like, okay, I think we're actually on to something. <laughs> yeah. And from that too, so you had tens of thousands of users though previously. So you already yeah. kind of had known that you had some data, some insights, whatever users. Did you know like the the segment that you were going after? And did you have a pretty clear idea of that when you started or you just had to figure that out too as you kind of move along? Definitely had to figure it out. We had a hypothesis, right? Like we thought anyone who did a ton of research and like had to do something with that meeting to produce them. But like, that's a pretty broad set of people. So we started with some groups that didn't end up ultimately actually working out, like UX researchers, designers, product managers, we thought would be like really great fits. 
but like the nature of what we are really good at is like bringing something back from like decent amount of time back in in your past and it turns out like the way that the research being resurfaced from the past worked didn't really actually help designers product managers as much because they were diving into one topic deeply for a couple months and then moving on to a different topic and so if yeah. you brought something up for them from like three months ago it's like not as helpful as it is to like the entrepreneur or like the, the writer the vc who or investment analyst who's like keeping track of a single area of research for like months or years and if you're bringing something back to them that they read previously, that seems to be way more valuable. Yeah, I think about that right away in terms of heyday with like two things. One being the newsletter. So we have a newsletter. It's like we always have resources. We always have future of work reads and everything as well. And so looking back at like the things we've already either already seen before or forgot to put in or didn't like right. already like looked at that. I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting, pretty useful. Second thing being like we are focused too at future of work. And so for us, it's like seeing what we already viewed in future of work. It's like what's right. the trend from now? Right. That makes total sense. So even looking at then today, like I want to go back in a second, but today just thinking about same type of uh, issue and problem in terms of customer, what is the customer today? Have you, what's the idea you have around like who that person is today? Uh, now you're a little bit further along. I'd say like there's two or three like customer profiles that yeah. really resonate with uh, Heyday. Um, it's an entrepreneur or a founder of any kind. It could be like we've seen solo entrepreneurs who are like running a consulting business or like yeah. even startup founders working on a high growth company. And it turns out like they have, they're reading so many different topics at any given time. And they're like voracious readers who turn that into like strategy or like writing or something like that, that that category of people just get a lot of value from payday. Uh, and they, they also typically happen to be a little bit less organized and more like, bring it all in and then like spit it all out kind of. So we happen to work really well for them. And then the other big category is like content marketer, writer. So people reading a lot, but then writing their own content out yeah. of that. Surprisingly, in like a weird way, content marketing is an interesting fit because a lot of times their job is to take previous content and then create like link trees yeah. and link graphs that like help with SEO and stuff like that. And so we're pretty useful in like bringing back like old content to link to. And so like that happens a little bit naturally and helps them out with their job. So like those two categories are like ones that we see a lot of in our paying user base in, uh, but also the investment analysts, like not less VCs, but more like public market analysts who are like reading about yeah. industries and things like that. That's another profile. Yeah, that makes a ton, makes a ton of sense. And one of the things that I know is just randomly to go back to, but even thinking about these customer profiles, then you're going back, just taking a, a giant step back with journal and everything you're doing. Right. Working with Sam, <laughs> I'm curious <laughs> how you started to work with Sam. And then yeah. also, obviously, it went well enough to start another company. But so many founders I talk to are trying to find a co-founder or like that process is so tiring. How did you meet yeah. Sam? And also, how did you know, like, okay, I want to work with this guy? Yeah. So uh, super lucky. Um, I <laughs> I was head of machine learning at the company called Manamark that I was telling you about. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you heard about the company, but old company working on private company database. Um, so I was I was early hired there and Sam was the first marketing hire. So we, we worked together at a different startup before we actually started our own thing. Um, and actually, one of the big things was that Sam was one of my best friends. Um, it doesn't always go well to work with your like best friends, but like it can, if, it, if you're compatible in both your work environment and you can be like actually supportive to each other in a personal way, that can be like a really, really good fit. 
So when we started Journal, we worked together for like a little over a year, I would say, at Mattermark. And we just knew like, hey, like we like respect each other at work. We have different skill sets and we're like really good friends. So like those are as good of like information you can get about potentially being a fit as, uh, you know, you can hope for. Yeah. You know, when you know that like you failed at something and you still like the person a lot that you work with, that that's like a pretty strong indicator that you want to keep working with this person. So like at the end of journal, we just knew, hey, like we want to keep working together. And one of the other things is, like I was kind of hinting at, we have different skill sets. Like I have an engineering machine learning background. He has, he's like a marketing content, yeah. customer success, that kind of background. But like also our personalities are different enough that we mesh really well together and like the sort of one plus one equals three effect. So yeah. I'm more of like a kind of crazy throw out 20 different ideas and like two of them are probably good. And Sam's really good at helping me narrow stuff down to like focus on two or three different things. And sometimes Sam, he might like become tunnel visioned at like running at one goal because he's really focused on making progress, but like it might be the wrong thing to make progress on. And I'm really good at like helping him see the forest for the trees. And we just like work really well together where like we kind of (laughs) have strengths that balance each other's weaknesses out. Um, So you know, uh, it's been years now, so like, hopefully, the combination leads to success this time around. <laughs> so Sam writes the Twitter threads, and you give him crap for it. That's basically how this all. Oh, hundred percent, right? yeah, <laughs> definitely. Actually, one of the things that uh, Sam is a phenomenal at writing. Yes, I can't like actually write that well. I or if I do, it takes so long. Whereas, like, I can bullshit forever, uh, yeah. and so that's why I'm doing the podcast. And he's doing yep. the Twitter for <laughs> I love it. I love the yin and yang there. I love yeah. the teamwork. It's perfect. And I, as soon as I like, did his research for this, I was like, oh, I have to bring that up. Because uh, I think that's perfect in terms of how it goes. Yeah. One thing I'm curious about with what you talked about and everything with so far with Heyday, how did you actually go to market with this? How did you acquire your first early customers? Take me through that. You know, we're still in like the couple hundreds of paying users and still mm-hmm. figuring out how to grow to market, to be perfectly yep. honest. Like we're literally... We're in this stage where we we have like a stable, we have enough data to show that like the product is working, churn is low, we can like convert people at like a 10%-ish rate from trial to paid. So we're happy about those things, but now we have to figure out how to do the top of the funnel. But like, yeah. we kind of, I would say we have like our existing pool of people who liked us from journal and from other social media and like our oh. own, own channels. That was like our initial alpha beta testing cohorts. Uh, around like January uh, of this year was when we were like, okay, cool. The product's getting good enough that we should do like some sort of soft public launch. So then we still were like trickling in users from doing things like um, sponsoring a Substack that we knew like the readership would be a good potential user base for us, but to like a slow trickle. And then some random events kind of like spiked us. Uh, so for example, we had a writer from Fast Company who found out about us through a Substack that we sponsored. We started becoming a user and was like, oh, this is really cool. I want to write about it. We did like a half an hour interview. And he then wrote this like huge feature on Fast Company that drove <laughs> like more than doubled our trials. That's amazing. So that was like a huge spike that brought in like a whole bunch of people that we weren't actively targeting. And so like that gave us a big initial test of like, well, is this like going to work in a like slightly broader user base, right? Yeah. And then in April, we decided to do like a full product hunt launch. And that was like another big 
kind of driver of new users. So we've had this kind of like spiky, like kind of do unscalable things, some luck to drive the initial user base. And now we're like, okay, cool. We're like reasonably confident about the product. We need to figure out scalable ways to gain users. And so it's like, we're, we're trying to figure out like how to go from point one to one, <laughs> I would say. Uh, we're about to start testing out like Facebook ads and what are other like broader partnerships maybe with communities that we can try. Uh, we now are starting to have a big enough user base that having a referral program might be a meaningful boost. So all these different, like more scalable things are stuff that we're trying, but honestly, I don't know what's going to work yet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I definitely want to geek out about that in like yeah. two minutes, but first I have to go back. Totally. So product hunt, uh, yeah. you decided you want to go on product hunt launch. A lot of people have gone through that. You know, it's a big spike and it can typically, typically goes down from there, but yep. it is, it can be significant to get users to get feedback and everything. So how long did you plan for that? in terms of product hunt launch, how did that go? Any numbers on that? Just take me through anything you can say about it for other founders who are going through the same thing. Absolutely. Um, and um, actually would love to offer help to any founders who are gonna like do a product hunt launch. Cause I, I would say uh, Sam and I did like a pretty good job on our product hunt launch. And there's a bunch of strategies that go into it that we can be helpful with. We have, we have about a hundred, a hundred founders in the just go grind community that I'm sure some of them will end up going through prior time. So we may have to take you up on that, but go ahead. We would love to help. <laughs> um, so one, we ha we went through a bunch of different things in the end, we ended up being product of the day, product of the week, product of the month. And so like, there are a bunch of different kind of unlocks you get for each of those things. Um, so product of the day is obviously like you get traffic throughout your day. Um, product of the week, you actually get put into a newsletter and that gives you another big spike the next week because you're like the featured product of the week. And then if you're a product of the month, that's like less like an event, but also you just get to use as a badge for like lots of other things. Like it's on our website and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And so we worked probably like we did, we planned our product hunt launch over like a month, but like more intensely, probably like two weeks up to the launch. One of the things, and this is, uh, like, I know maybe VCs don't want to hear this, but uh, they're emotionally driven. So uh, we kind of timed our product launch to be around the same time that we were launching our product. So that if we managed to get buzz going for the product launch, it would definitely help. And, you know, I don't know if it, like, you know, absence of data is, but like, it definitely did hurt <laughs> to have a really good product launch. And um, it's also like a great place to like have your existing customers drop quotes. Um, so that you can reuse a lot of the quotes that they've put into product hunt on our website as like testimonials. And so it's, it's like a moment to like, if you have a big enough user base, it's a moment to like really be able to use it to like leverage getting even more people. So one, one thing I would say is if you don't have in like at least a hundred excited people, then maybe it's too early. Like people who are like out to vouch for you and like in like a real way, because what will happen is their comments and their engagement will drive the, the next set of people. Um, the other thing is like, we stayed up for 24 hours uh, for our product hunt day because we were essentially like engaging with everything that was coming in. So we, we wanted to keep engagement super high. So here's another trick that we did. We had like our community and our user base and we like marked geolocation, marked where they are. And then like at midnight, we started hitting people from Asia at like, uh, you know, so like it's midnight Pacific time, people are up in Asia. So like, how do you, how can you like drive consistent velocity in your activity? Like figure out when your uh, community is going to be the most engaged and most ready to engage and like, use those 
times in your benefit. Um, so all that went like really well, and we probably ended up getting a total of you know a thousand to two thousand new trials, uh, which is a decent amount for us given our size um, over the course of like two to three weeks. And it, it, it was like the first week was just like a pretty consistent bump, and then when it showed up in the newsletter, it was another like consistent bump that showed up, and. Um, you know, a lot of those users like are still paying users. So like they converted really well. So, you know, definitely worth doing. And if you <laughs> worth worth putting in some effort to do it right. Okay. And and part of that you mentioned around that with I appreciate you sharing all that, by the way. So timing that with raising uh, from VCs. So you did raise six and a half million dollars. Take me through that fundraise. I wanna get to the acquisition side of like more how you're thinking about that, but obviously this feels that raising capital. And so take me through more of that in terms of how that fundraise went, uh, how you approach that. I'd be curious to know. Yeah. So we get to March, like mid-March and Sam and I, we both are like freaking out where like, Hey, we've only got like four to five months of runway left. And so we're going to, mm -hmm. we need to figure this out now. Um, uh, within like two weeks, we basically went from freaking out to like getting like a, a narrative on paper, getting a draft deck done, we um we had worked with an amazing branding agency for our like brand guidelines and everything. We reached out to them and was like, hey, would you guys be up for like helping us design our deck? They were up for a limited engagement for that. It was like a one week sprucing up, <laughs> taking like a basic deck and making it beautiful kind of situation. Um, and I think it was totally worth like spending some money on something like that. Wait, wait, wait. Who was it? If, if you're willing to share. Oh, oh absolutely. I I they are the the vendor that I, the best vendor I've ever worked with across my whole career. So like, oh, I will go to race. bat, I will go to bat for them. Yeah. They're order design from New York. Okay. I will make sure that people know that. <laughs> order dot design. Like, order design. love them. Like they're the best. <laughs> um, and then we coincided our kind of like product hunt launch to be like with the first week of meetings. So, you know, do the standard thing. If you've been around fundraising before, like, you know, get, get the meeting set up and like, two weeks uh, and then like make sure that you kind of do them all concurrently so you can move the, the, the whole process along as fast as possible. Um, and I've raised, you know, I raised money for journal and I've been in early stage startup support. So like, I, I know like the process of fundraising, this is the easiest fundraise I'd ever like, just like lucky for us. I honestly, um, one of our top tier targets who ended up being the lead for the round was spark capital. Uh, we met with them on the Wednesday for the first time of the first week that we were fundraising, met with like the whole partnership on Thursday. And by Friday we had a church. So like within a week, it's crazy. I, I, I don't even know how that happened. It's all luck. Um, but, um, it worked out so that like, we then pushed along everyone else to like move along quicker. But honestly, we spent more time with Kevin at Spark. And we're just like, we just love this guy. And like, we just ended up finishing up the, the round really quickly. On that note, okay, we just love this guy. Like, why? Yeah. What is it about? What is it about him? Because there's a lot of it founders <laughs> who are going out, investors yeah. are like, okay, well, what am I even looking for? One, right. like, step one is like, get capital from like, can I get capital? Obviously, but two, obviously. it's like, you obviously want to try to pick who you, who you can work with for a very long time. What right. is it about Kevin and Spark? Um, so one, it's, I, I have an affinity and a bias towards uh, VCs who've, done it themselves before so like, sure. have they been op operators in the past um 
So Kevin was an SVP at Twitter, uh, like joined early on and like had worked with them for like almost eight years before he left to work at Spark. And for my previous experience at Journal, one of the most annoying things is to have an early lead partner leave to do something else. So I was really curious about like, hey, like Kevin, are you sticking around at Spark? Like, are we going to be working together for more than just two years? Like, yes. And so like that, we got a lot of clarity on. He's been doing it for like seven, eight years now. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with being an operator. I did it. I've got kids. I love helping people like you, but I don't feel the itch to like go back to it anymore, which I know a lot of people do. And like, yeah, super excited for them, but it also makes it harder for a long-term partnership. Right? Um, and then the other thing is just this like intangible quality of like, how well do you get along? Um, mm. So, like, are you excited to call them when you're in trouble for help? Do you like hanging out with them and, like, sharing in the good and the bad? That kind of stuff makes it so that, like, you're going to get more value from this person rather than kind of just shooting them a monthly email or doing quarterly board meetings and it's, like, a formality, but you're not really, like, using them for anything else. Yeah. And then the other stuff was just, like, Kevin just got it. Like, what we were trying to do, he's invested in, like, Spark has invested in Grammarly. He's invested in other, like, productivity tools, like Remarkable, that I'm a huge fan of. There's, like, a lot of, like, shared understanding of what we're trying to do. Um, yeah, like, I would say those are the big things. The other thing that I respect a lot is, like, someone who gets really excited and just moves fast. Like, mm, so the fact yeah. that they can go from, like, first meeting to, like, do two more meetings and then do the term sheet in, like, two and a half days is how we move for, like, how we hire people so like the quickness of like moving through a process is it was just impressive so it's cool to see all of those things yeah and especially like i mentioned like if you can find that person that has and the vcs that have that or the operators whether it be bringing in strategic angels for your round or whatever it is so you so you have them on the table is important but especially for your lead clearly because that's going to be a big part of what you're working with them on and uh coming back to what you're talking about going from this kind of one-off product hunt launch, like those types of things versus you're thinking about sustainable growth. Just take me through, cause you're in it right now. So it's perfect. Take me right. through how you're even like starting to think about, you said, you, you know, start testing maybe Facebook ads. Like how are you even starting to think about acquisition as you're looking at getting to this point of more sustainable growth? Uh, I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, man, it's tough. <laughs> um, cause like walk me through it. Thought process. At the, at the, at the very, at the highest level, it's like we're paid product, right? So like we need to make the numbers. So our CAC can't be higher than our LTV, even though we expect our LTV to go up, like prices to go up, we're gonna have team plans, whatever. But like, we want to be a sustainable business that's not like VC funded, but- um, Default alive, yeah, default alive. Right, so like, (laughs) so um, those are like the parameters that we set ourselves. It's like, how do we know what is a viable channel for us? It's that we get enough volume with the numbers actually working for us. And so the problem with like their Substack strategy is it's not enough volume. There's not enough eyeballs across all the possible newsletters in Substack to even really make a, a, up the, like we have a target for in the next six months getting to 5,000 trials a month. Yeah. And so right now we're at like 600 trials a month. So that's like a 10X basically. Yeah. Um, to 10X, you're going to like need to figure out a channel that you don't have right now, I think. Uh, yeah. rather than a channel that you can grow in magnitude. So we were initially tried to do the ads ourselves and found out we're terrible <laughs> at doing ads and also the software sucks and like it's just like a mess. Um, and so we found somehow lucked into talking to this really great firm that we're trying out and we're going to see how it goes who yeah. 
are experts at creating new creative, running experiments, like figuring out what works and delivering on that. You know, we shared our like target CAC and target volume and they're like, yeah, should be doable. And at least that's our, like, that's what we want to do. So like, we're going to, we're working with them. If that works, that's, well, we don't need anything else. Obviously all the other experiments we're still running because we can't bet on one thing and have it work. Uh, so we'll see. We're, we're ramping up the, that experiment. Um, the other things we're like, okay, well, what are like unscalable things we can do right now that might feed like the flywheel of something more scalable? So um, we're thinking, well, how do we, are there communities of folks that we can engage with that will end up being like people who create some uh, user-generated content using Heyday? Once we have like shareable content, they will be people who will bring in more trials. And so we're trying out an experiment with a few folks who like write on Twitter uh, and they do long threads. Like, what if they were like they're plugging Heyday or like using Heyday to collect information and saying like, hey, here's like here's like a, a collation of resources that I use to like research for this thread. Uh, so like. Lots of like really specific things to like the generic. If ads work, they work, and like you just kind of pump money. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> like raise more capital and spend more on that. With right. that, with the ads, I was at a paid acquisition company uh, previously and had seen you know how much they're testing creative, how much they're testing ads, and obviously if you're trying to do it in house, it's a lot. Right. But an agency costs a lot more, so there's that trade off. Take me through like that in terms of finding an agency, deciding on that. And obviously if the numbers work out in terms of actually performing it, you're fine with paying it because you just, you keep, you make more than you put in. So it's fine. But like, take me through even just deciding on an agency. There's obviously infinite number, but people have suggestions typically and stuff. I'm curious on how you find one. Yeah. um, So we, it's mostly like it came through a referral to be honest. And then we Mm -hmm. looked at like other, and we kind of like did like some background vetting and like found out like, yeah, these guys really know what they're doing. Um, uh, and like they'd worked on a lot of companies that are similar to us and like the kind of prosumer sort of product realm. Yeah. So they seem to like know that realm. In terms of like validating, we basically said, hey, we'd love to run a three month experiment. And if like, if you're hitting targets or getting close, like we'd love to keep doing it. Um, and the way that we think about it, it's like over three months, uh, it'll cost some amount of money but honestly not that much uh but it's it's like we kind of think of these as like bets that we're placing and yeah. like and if the numbers can work out so for example like just going through like these are not exact numbers but i'll just like example numbers we're sure, saying sure. we want to get to five thousand trials a month like if we're doing this ourselves we'd be very okay going up to a 20 dollar acquisition cost for per trial so that would be like we'd spend a hundred thousand dollars a month acquiring those users and if the agency is saying hey we can get you down to 12 dollars per ltv and we're only charging like twenty thousand dollars a month that means it'd be like sixty thousand dollars plus twenty thousand dollars and so they're actually saving us twenty thousand dollars based on like what the max that we would pay and so if they can make that work that's great. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> That's the idea. You got to do the math to figure out like, is this like worth doing for you? Um, and then, then you say, is it worth taking a, a shot? Well, isn't that, it's like everything, right? It's just you're taking yeah. these bets constantly right. in startup 
world. It's just right. which bets are you going to take when? And like exactly. how much is the bet? <laughs> and the nice thing about like working with an agency is that you're not using as much of your time to take the bet. Yeah. Which your time is maybe the most valuable thing <laughs> at, a, at a company of yeah. five people. It's like, like, you know, me and Sam's time is like the most valuable thing. Um, and Absolutely. so if we can like have someone who are also way better than us at what, what they're about to experiment on, do the, run the experiment for us. Like, hey, like, totally work. Yeah, working with someone who's obviously done it for multiple clients, right? So it's like right. they have that experience across different things and have uh, more context, which is helpful. One other thing is like to kind of tie to this in terms of you mentioned like you know a budget, for instance, you're spending with this and mentioned raising capital earlier this year in 2022. Take me through because this environment currently in 2022 is kind of crazy. Uh, markets are kind of crazy. How did you think about runway? How much you need to actually raise for? Because there's been a lot of opinions on that. Some people are going crazy and saying like three years or four years, which is like kind of wild. But also some people are like, okay, well, the, the normal 12 to 18 months is like a little less than you probably should today in today's market. How would you think about that for heyday though? I'll tell you that um, we were raising for 18 months initially. Okay. Our, our round bubbled up and we got way more than we probably, like we would have been happy with like four, four and a half. Yep. And we ended up getting six and a half and we're not changing our like, spending plan so that's the equivalent yep. of way more like 27 20 like 30 months so like yep. we're getting up to this like what people are recommending now when yeah. we were raising was like the last it, it felt sort of <laughs> like like um you're running out of a burning building or like the, a building where the bomb's about to go off and you get out like right as the, the building blows up and then you just like you still you're not dead but you're like a little sh <laughs> uh that's how it like felt like at the time so we got really lucky in our timing in that it was the last maybe like month of like still not i wouldn't say froppy because like it's not like we raised like a ridiculous amount for our seed round but like yeah. it was easier than it probably would have been a month later yeah so um yeah i think a lot of it was just at the time we didn't know it was gonna blow up like i wouldn't i wouldn't have been like there were some signs some a lot of people were talking about it. you never know yeah. everyone's been talking about like the bubble bursting for like eight years now so like, <laughs> what, like why sure. why think it would be now anyway so um it was mostly planning towards the standard cycle getting lucky and being able to raise more and then saying you know what we're not changing our spending plans we just get to reserve and that way if we you know our goal is to hit like series a fundability within 15 months yeah but if we take longer or if we hit it but like the market is still not great for series a hey we can just wait yeah yep flexibility with that yeah wait why don't you just raise 350 million from andreessen why don't you just do that <laughs> well, you know was that on the table <laughs> i mean if it were i would take it uh i don't blame adam newman <laughs> you're not you're not gonna not take it yeah, right exactly. of course like that makes total it. yeah. it's funny hearing the opinions uh I posted a thing on Twitter. I like hearing it. It's just funny because there's a lot of different stuff going on where people are super serious. Some people are like crazy serious. Some people are like, oh, who cares? You raise. But it's my, I got my popcorn ready. I'm just enjoying it. I'm like, it's, okay. It is a little fucking crazy to see like the Twitter yes. discourse on this. Literally, yes. my whole feed is like full of this. <laughs> and I'm also, and I'm both like, it's crazy to compare him to like Elizabeth Holmes. He did build like a you know actual business. Um, yeah. yeah, that's the difference yeah. that, that I use still. Yeah, still like, a, exactly. It's a product that I actually use. Like, yeah, we work still works. Dude, kind of knew what he was doing, except for like he's a little crazy. Um, yeah. So like, but like I don't know. I could. I this is 
it didn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I seeing it, it was like it's not like you're like, oh my gosh, there's no way this could happen. Like he obviously made it work. I mean, he did build a company, so that's like the yeah. interesting argument. It's like he built a multi. Okay, he, this is the it's funniest at least thing. a multi billion dollar company. Like exactly. And people, yeah. yeah. And yeah. like, I know he lost money from the peak, but right. like, you can't, you can't say he didn't build a multi-billion dollar right. company. So at least that right. part's like interesting. Yeah. Right. Uh, but then obviously the people are going to be pretty pissed about like that money going to him versus maybe elsewhere. But there's a lot of feelings on that. I had to bring it out because I thought it was just funny. I like hearing other yeah, entrepreneurs. I, just there. <laughs> I, look, I, you know, I, I, I totally agree that there are a lot of people who are not getting money because of like For sure. their gender and their race. 100%. But but I don't know if that like I I just think like think like replace Adam Newman with a crazy woman of yeah. color and she did the same thing I think she would have also been able to raise 350. I agree with you on that. Yeah, one of the arguments people like that exact thing that they're not saying is like okay. they're not saying oh, well, like you're talking about all these people who didn't raise money and I get it. It's like not fair in this industry of why there's not more women getting funding, no right. people of color getting funding. But if they had made, built a multi-billion dollar company first. That's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Correct, correct. That's like yeah. a different story and it's right. weird to think about. But it is like talking to founders on the podcast and every day in general, uh, it's interesting to just to hear perspectives on that and right. like how people think about them raising for your own companies and everything. It's just like maybe, and, and maybe, a story, right? Maybe I also have privilege, right? Like I, 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 I'm sure. in the Bay Area, like so maybe I'm not even aware. For sure. So I got to admit that. like Absolutely. So I... <laughs> <laughs> But it's fun. It's fun to talk about. Yeah. All right, as we wrap things up here with Heyday, yeah. just take me through where this is gonna go. So obviously, you start this from journal. You start with Sam. You're like, all right, we're gonna do this again. You raise some capital. You're trying to figure out this like growth strategy. If it goes well, where does this go for Heyday? <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll start with like the like the furthest future, which you can either call it utopian sure. or dystopian. Um, have you, do you watch Black Mirror much? Oh, I've seen all of it. Every episode. You've seen all of it. Do you do you remember the episode where the guy finds out that his wife's cheating on him by like yes. going through his memories? Yeah, going like, back. They, to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like that, but like smarter is what we want Hated to be, where oh, you can right. like go back through. Every, like our goal is to be like the memory assistant. So like the problem with that, in my opinion, was that it recorded everything, but it wasn't great at like surfacing stuff. You have to like actually do the work. But like, yeah. you know, like as we get to things like um ar vr actually being part of our like normal lives like why shouldn't every conversation i have be recorded and like next time you want to <laughs> talk about like founders opinions on adam newman uh yeah. you're like oh yeah i talked to Samir about that i wonder what what he said <laughs> <laughs> um and like now you can do that with like zencaster auto transcribing maybe that'll like but like in the near future we can do things like taking this audio transcription and putting it into heyday but like in the longer term future it's like everyone's like audio stream is always being saved and processed maybe in video streams and things like that um and that's like one like that's like a product angle the other like angle of like how do we get value for our information we're really excited about this concept called hive mind so think like right now heyday brings back your own research from the past yeah. what about like teams of people like sam me and you are on a team let's say and i start looking into fundraising and let's say i've never i've never read for whatever reason anything about fundraising but you have and heyday can just like bring up hey like looks like you haven't done any work on fundraising but uh justin's done a whole bunch of reading and here's what he found last month and that way we what we want to do is like help people in trusted smaller groups 
be like a high mind for each other where they learn from each other ambiently rather than having to like actually share like active knowledge with each other. Yeah. That's this like medium term that we're excited about. And that can like extend in so many different ways. There's obviously companies as like the, the high mind that totally makes sense. But like it could be public groups too. Like if you've got like a, a community group where like people are interested in the same thing, they could be part of a high mind. So we're excited about both product aspect, like getting more and more like this AI that is getting as much from your memory as possible, but then the aspect of both collaborating on that, sharing that, and then, you know, having the the business model leverage to work with companies to be like, hey, you can install like this hive mind and like, you're the benefit. And a simple benefit would be like some, a new person onboarding out to a company would mm. instantly be able to like, you know, when they're searching in Google for like, whatever, like they can search Wi-Fi password and like, without knowing where that doc is, it just shows up. Yeah, that's interesting. I think there's a lot of applications, obviously, to that. And like selfishly in venture, that makes a lot of sense for teams who are trying to understand different things about industries. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. The audio part, again, selfishly for me, podcasting so many times is like right. 300 something episodes and my right. pro 60 something, the other show, like 400 plus episodes I've done. And to be able right. to go through the audio of all of that, to be like, who talked about go to market and everyone right. pulled, that is incredible to think about that being a possibility at some point. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, we're excited about all these kinds of things. We're like, what are, what are we missing like valuable things to resurface for people right now? It's like yeah. conversations and like, um, yeah, I mean, conversations is like a big one. So yeah, that's massive. Whether it's like a podcast or like, you know, even just like one-on-ones and like all of these like different conversations that you have on a daily basis. Okay, we're gonna have a part two when you've done that, and so we can talk about that. Because <laughs> fingers, I'm fingers like, crossed, we get to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll find yeah. a way and make sure you sure. do. Where's right. the best place for people to learn uh, learn more about Heyday and connect with you as well if they'd like to? Uh, so I would say uh, Sam and I talk about a decent amount of Heyday on Twitter. So uh, if you wanted to follow us on Twitter and be more of like follow us on you know what we're doing, that's a good we'll, spot. We'll link it up for sure. Uh, and then obviously our website Heyday.xyz. Uh, is like a good spot to find out a little bit more about what Heyday does. Perfect. Thank you for your time today, Samir. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Justin. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. If you want to follow along on the socials for all things Just Go Grind and with me as well, you can find Just Go Grind on Instagram and Twitter at Just Go Grind. You can find me on Twitter at JustinGordon212. Find me on Instagram, JustinGordon8. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.